heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your own phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more podcast platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back. Um, A couple of firsts for me today. Um, First episode in double digits. This is episode number 10 of the YWC Football Talk podcast. Sorry if my voice sounds off. I'm fighting a bit of a cold. Um, No, I do not have the coronavirus. I have the common cold. So if you're wondering why my voice is a little off, that's because of it. But we have a couple of new firsts today besides the actually more than two. We have three. The first guest from the West Coast will be on. He will be announced very shortly. The first episode I'm recording during the daytime. It is Sunday, March the 8th. It is currently 5.07 p.m. Elimination Chamber starts in a couple of hours. But before we watch that crappy pay-per-view, we got to talk some football. So Miguel's going to be on. And you know what? I just spoiled it myself. Freaking yeah, yeah, 88. Miguel, he's going to be on talking about his Raiders. We're going to talk a little bit about maybe the move to Vegas, the AFC West, potential for what to see. The quarterback fit is going to be in uh, Las Vegas. And also, too, other looks at the AFC here and there. So, yeah, um, I got to call Miguel on Skype, get him up, all set up to go. Um, and, yeah, and also, too, like I said, first episode recording when it's purely daylight out. So, bunch of firsts today. So, anyway, guys, I will be back in just a second with Miguel. Okay, and we are back, episode 10 of the YWC Football Top Podcast. Today we have uh, noted Raiders fan. Should we say Raiders, or are you okay saying Las, Las, is it Las Vegas Raiders, Vegas Raiders? It's Las Vegas Raiders, yeah. Las Vegas Raiders. Only asking, too, because I know with uh, the Golden Knights, they don't like saying the Las. They just say Vegas Golden Knights. Um, just quick thoughts, quickly, with the team and everything. I think we should just get into this. The... Um, Tom Brady potential mix for that team. Actually, just give me a quick second. I'll fix something. Sorry about that, guys. Just some uh, audio thing I had to fix quickly. But anyway, um, with the Vegas Raiders, I'm just going to ask you right off the hop. Do you want Brady in a Raiders uniform for the 2020 season, or do you want to stick with Derek Carr? Uh, You know what? I feel like those are two separate questions because I don't want Brady. And with Carr, uh, I could go either way. Uh, I love Carr, but... I was hoping uh, that Cam Newman would become available for the right price, uh, something that wouldn't, you know, cost too much to uh, still give us that flexibility that we've been working for for this off season with uh, our cap. But that's I don't know, like where they I don't know where the the Panthers stand with uh, with Cam. I guess we'll get into that later. But um, uh, Brady, no, I listen. It I think the guy can still contribute. I don't think that uh, he's – there's some people that actually think he's done. Like he's just – he's going to be a, a very subpar quarterback. I think he can still actually be a good quarterback. It just depends what talent they surround, um, surround him with. Um, if you look at the game, was it the one game that the uh, Patriots had Antonio Brown for um, this past season? Like he played well and Tom Brady. And not, not to say he didn't play in the other games, but – just to show you what, what how he can play still with a with a weapon like that around him. So I think you know the the, the team that he's going to be uh, getting offers from, uh, like the Titans and the Colts. Those are great places for him to go to. Us, 
I, I can see the fit. You know, we have a really good um, underrated offensive line, but no, that that's not that's not what we need at this point. We don't need a, a thirty plus million dollar quarterback who's forty three. Or is he 43? He's going to turn 43 by the season. He'll be 43 um, August the 3rd. So, yeah, by the start of the season. Yeah, so he'll be 43. Even if it's a two-year deal, the the point is, you know, to pay him that much more, um, it, it's just not for us. We're not a piece away. We're pieces and pieces away. So, no, I, I don't want Tom Brady on our team. Um, I, I don't blame you, like you said. Like, I remember last year, too, when Mayock went out and spent all that money on the offensive line. He was criticized for it when saying, oh, you, why did you spend on the offensive line when you could have gone out and made, gotten some playmakers? But it's one of those things where, you know what, you got to find those hidden gems of those playmakers and look at, if you build the right offensive line, you're going to have a winning program. That's why a team like the Indianapolis Colts, in my opinion, are in the mix for Tom Brady, because they have one of the best offensive lines in the league. Even to look mm-hmm. at Dak Prescott with the Cowboys. Cowboys. When healthy, one of the best O-lines in the league. But, but, like you said, they are a work in progress. But I see two things for the Raiders. I Personally, I think Cam Newton would be a good fit because it wouldn't be so much pressure on him to run and make plays. He can give it to Jacobs. He can get it to Waller. You got Williams receiving. He's got that offensive line, so he's not going to get as hurt as much. And he also, like, or not as hurt as much, but the risks of him getting hurt are going to go down. And, two, like I said, he's that... Vegas, like that Vegas appeal to him where it's just he's loud. He dressed both vocally loud, dresses dresses loud if you want to. Mm -hmm. The only other option I could see is like what happened in Kansas City in 2017 where they drafted Mahomes, but Smith was playing just to replace Smith with Carr, and they developed someone behind Carr, and then Carr's gone for the 21 season. But at the same time, too, it's not like Derek Carr's his quarterback where he's horrendous and everything. No, it's just when he screws up, it gets heavily, he's heavily criticized. Yeah. And I mean, I, I'm listen, I'm not going to de- defend Derek Carr. Like, um, that we have some Raider fans on Twitter that are just, you know, they're, they're really, um, <laughs> they hate to see Derek Carr criticism. I think, uh, last season did a lot, uh, to really just, I don't know, shed some light on, a lot of his flaws, and the, here's the thing: he's still. I, I think we can still win with him. We don't have to get rid of him. Like moving on from him is not the only option. Uh, as you said, you know, we build, we spent money to improve our offensive line, which it paid off because statistically, he had Derek Carr had the best season he's ever had in his career, and he did this without, you know, the whole. And I called him Antonio Brown earlier because, you know, it, well, I don't know, I think it just slipped out. But I, I always call him Antonio Clown because this guy was just such, like, a headache for us, to say the least. I'm not even, you know, going to go off, off rant with that. But um, everything and the injuries, the lack of depth on our team, like, he had so much to go through. And he's had, like, what, three, four offensive coordinators in his career. He's had a lot to go through. And he still put up really good numbers last season. He's put up good numbers in the past. So moving on from him is not our only option. But like, like I said earlier, if Cam were to become available, I'd be like, all right. I mean, <laughs> I, I think we should go on that. Even though Cam is, you know, coming off uh, surgery. Um, I know Jalen Hurts from Oklahoma has been uh, uh, thrown, his name has been mentioned uh, when it comes to our draft, just because he's a guy that we could potentially get as early as the second round, maybe even later, depending on how the guys fall uh, in the first round. But I, I wouldn't mind that. Uh, like you said, you know, just getting 
bringing in someone that we can groom. But if we do that, I mean, it's almost certain that he would be gone after next year. I would personally prefer bringing in um, Mariota. I think uh, if we bring in Mariota in free agency at the right price, he's a guy that if we need him to, you know, like if Carr gets hurt, He's a guy that I would not mind bringing in with our type of offense, our um, our offensive line, and the weapons that we presumably will have in the season. Uh, Gruden loves a guy like him that just is, oh, nothing there. Let me just go on and run. You know, he loves a guy like him. And if we can bring him in, I think he'll be good enough to uh, light uh, a maybe needed fire under Derek Carr to, you know, like, okay, there's someone that's potentially here to take my job. I got to make sure I perform this season. So I that's personally what I would prefer. I know that Brian Tannehill just took his job in Tennessee, but I would prefer Mariota. Yeah, yeah. Than I, to uh, you know get another guy. Yeah, exactly. Um, I like the Jalen Hurts take from you because like Jalen Hurts, it's also too not even like the whole oh grooming for there. Like if you can get like a quarterback who's a little bit lower, even like even uh, Jacob Easton out of Washington, a guy who's not mm-hmm. going to come in right away, take his job, or even to what's another example. Like with the Patriots in this last year's draft, where they took Jared Stidham in the fourth round, it's a guy that he's going to back up. He backed up Brady. He was no threat to take his job. So maybe if you do that, or even a guy like a Mariota, it's going to give Raider fans that whole like. Because what year was it when Derek Carr broke his leg? Was it seventeen or is it sixteen? Uh, sixteen. Because that was the season you guys had an amazing season. You're making the playoffs, and then week sixteen, he broke his. It was either he broke his leg or he tore his ACL, and then Connor Cook came in. So. Like, God-fearing, I um, wouldn't want to wish an injury upon any NFL player. But if Derek Carr were to go down, even, like, look at what the Saints did this past year with, uh, I'm not saying go out and get Teddy Bridgewater, but if Marcus Mariota can come in, fill the void, that's not a bad pick. I actually really agree with that because, like you said, too, John Gruden loves his quarterback, but more than anything, he loves a quarterback who knows, hey, I'm gonna he can just go in there, get the job done, no questions asked. Yeah, and sometimes, I mean, again, going back to how, you know, Ryan Tannehill took his job. Ryan Tannehill took the ball and ran with it. I mean, no pun intended. He he just went in there, and it, it was just, it was a great fit for, for him. It was a great fit for the Titans. That's not to say Mariota's done or washed up. It just didn't work out in the end. And he did have a couple good seasons in Tennessee. Not stellar seasons, but it, I mean, within the first, in, in the first two seasons he had there in Tennessee, it looked like, okay, they did get their guy. They just seemed to build around him. Did they do that per se? Eh, that's debatable. But at the end of the day, it just didn't work out. There's guys that just need to change the scenery. There's guys that, you know, even though one guy did uh, more with the same pieces than, than you did, it just may be time for you to get out of there. And, it, yeah, you know, he's leaving at the right time. I mean, not, not really by choice because, again, a guy took his job, but – um, I think it'll be a, a, a change of scenery would do him a lot of good. Exactly. You, you're nailing all these facts in the head, like the change of scenery for him. And also, too, it's a guy that comes in where I feel like you're going to get some Raider fans who are kind of skeptical of it. But then again, like you said, the first couple of years in Tennessee, Mariota had nothing. They had, I think it was the first or second pick back-to-back years, but then they traded it to get um, – so Philly, I think they had one or two. So either they traded it to the Rams or to the Eagles – but then it ended up working in their favor where they're able to draft all these other talents that year. They got Derrick Henry. And like yeah. even too, they had the year in 2017 where they went to Arrowhead and beat the Chiefs. And then they lost to the Patriots in the divisional round. But even too, like um, the 18th season, they got out on the last possible game of the year. That 
win or go home game against the Colts for the uh, second wild card spot. Mm-hmm. Not to say that the tight like Titans were a bad team or Mariota's a bad quarterback. No, it's just that you know what? He didn't get off on the right foot. Someone came in there, like you said, no pun intended, took the ball and ran with it. Now Mariota can go somewhere. You know what? Hey, it's a fresh start. I'm a backup. There's no pressure under me. That's why his name has been linked to teams like like the Raiders, like the Bears, where if Marcus Mariota can go to somewhere where he's going to get a fresh start and to know, hey, there's not a lot of pressure off my shoulders, like, look, it did wonders for Ryan Tannehill. Like, all this stuff about fresh starts is going to go back to him. Why? Tannehill went to Tennessee, blew the doors off, and had the Titans one game away from going to the Super Bowl when they went into Foxborough, upset the Patriots, went into Baltimore when everyone thought the Baltimore Ravens were unstoppable. But actually, I called it that I had a feeling Baltimore may have lost in the divisional round. They did. And he had the... It's not like, all oh, the Chiefs killed the Titans in the AFC Championship game. Remember... The Titans went up early. It's just that we learned this year in the playoffs the Chiefs found that second gear and just ran with it. We, good Lord, we love using that pun today. But even, too, like, I'm just looking at all the moves that are being happening in the AFC West. Like, the AFC West and the NFC West could be the best divisions in football going forward. Uh, well, I mean, the thing, the thing about our division is that there was never a guy like uh, Mahomes in our division. Um, Brady, or not Brady, I'm sorry, I was going to use them for my comparison later, but um, uh, we had Rivers, uh, Alex Smith, and, um, uh, oh, I mean, our quarterback, I'm not trying to, um, the Broncos, uh, Peyton, I don't know, they had like a carousel in Denver for like the, since since Manning uh, retired, they've had guys left and right, Osweiler, Lynch, uh, Simeon, so they're not even really worth mentioning, but... We've had quarterbacks that we had to deal with. Rivers has been, uh, up until the past couple seasons, he's, he was a great regular season quarterback. The playoffs, not so much. But uh, in the regular season, he was great. We had to deal with him, though. And then Alex Smith, more so the, the same thing, you know, with, with uh, Kansas City. But we've never had a guy that we've had in, like, legit fear. And now I know what those uh, NFC teams that are not the – that are not the Patriots feel like because they've had to fear Tom Brady this whole time since he's been a Patriot. And now we're going to get that with, with Mahomes. The reason I bring this up is because this is really going to, I think, shake things up in the division to make teams uh, not that are not the Chiefs look and say, okay, we can have a quarterback, but we need something to neutralize this guy because I mean, it's easier said than done trying to stop him. And the, the Niners couldn't do it. And they had, you know, arguably the best the best defense in the league this past season, but this is re- Mahomes is really going to be the thing that shakes the division up. I mean, now Rivers is not there. Uh, the Broncos, I don't know what they're going to do. There's you know, there's rumblings here and there about them and Jordan Love. I don't know, uh, you know, if that really is legit because I think Drew Locke kind of secured that that position uh, last season. But uh, yeah, this division I think is going to force teams to get better. And on paper, definitely be up there with one of the best divisions of football, if not the best. Um, it's just going to be who really uses their draft picks wisely. Because, I mean, hey, on paper, we, we look pretty good. We, you know, we got two first-rounders. We don't have a second. But I, I honestly think we're going to end up trading back into the second. But it just depends what you do with your draft picks. All the teams have money. Um, well, except the Chiefs. But <laughs> they don't really need to go out and sign guys. Um Except one of their own, um, but yeah, it just it's just going to depend. 
what are, what do you actually do with your cap space? What do you do with your draft picks? That's my big question with the Chiefs is because look at everyone saying this year how Mahomes can go cash his big ticket right away, get his $40 million a season. My The more I thought about it, with a guy like Mahomes, as great as he is, maybe if he holds back for a couple of years, you can bring back a Sammy Watkins player because if you lose like a Sammy Watkins, it's going to hurt the Chiefs, not like significantly, but it's going to be one less weapon for him to have. Plus two, excuse me, <coughs> um, Travis Kelsey who's on a very, I think he's only making like 9 or $10 million a season. He's going to get paid eventually. So the Chiefs, so more so that's like how you're saying, the Broncos have to use their picks rightly. The Raiders, who in my opinion have, like Mike Mayock's one of the most smartest minds in football. Sure, his voice may be a little annoying from time to time, and he may say some really weird things, but he knows what he's doing. So I feel like Raider fans are going to go into this draft knowing, hey, we're going to get someone good. Like, if you guys can go out there with your first pick, the your pick and get like a Jerry Judy, for example, from Alabama, like, Having whatever, whoever you have a quarterback, say it's Carr, you're going to have Waller, Williams, Judy, Jacobs. That's a, and with that offensive line, the Raiders, I'm not saying they're going to be winning the AFC West, but they're going to be knocking on that wild card door right there. I agree. I mean, the, the going up to the last season, we were, we overachieved. Regardless of how, uh, how we finished the season, we overachieved. We were not supposed to be that good. We, we doubled our season total win prediction by a lot of analysts within like week six, you know, it was, uh, or week seven. Um, we definitely overachieved going into the game against the Jets. We were, I want to say six and four. We were a game behind the, the, the Chiefs who were seven and four at that time uh, in the AFC West. And then I don't know what happened, but besides us never being able to play on the East Coast, never being able to play in a little rain, um, it just it fell apart. I mean, but yeah, we, I mean, it, we showed that we can when everything's clicking. Like we're we're there, and we were there without any players. I mean, our leading receiver was a tight end, and I hate saying that because for years in the mid, you know, like around 2004, 2003, when that was the case with the um or 2004, 2005 ish, when when that was the case with the Chargers, when their leading receiver was. Antonio Gates, I remember I would get an argument with my friend who was a big Chargers fan at the time. And then it's just like, yeah, we have the best receiver in football. That You don't have a receiver. You have a tight end. Like, you guys don't have any receivers. Like, don't, you know, it's, you know, it, don't try and change the labels here just because he's a he's balling. He's, he's an awesome tight end, but he's not a receiver. And then last year, that was the case for us. Like, our best receiver was a tight end, which I hated saying that because – it shouldn't have been the case. You know, we had different plans, but the guy that we had just went mentally insane. Uh, our The guy that was going to be our number two receiver was forced to be a number one receiver, which, you know, bless his heart, but he's not a number one receiver. Um, it, it, he did play with a, a nagging injury. I'm talking about Tyrell Williams. Yeah. For those of you who, who don't know who I'm talking about, he played with a nagging foot injury, which... I don't know. I, it wasn't really uh, made public exactly what he was dealing with. And then the season ended, and then, like, this thing came out, like, oh, he has this and that. And I Googled it. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Basically, he gets an excruciating pain anytime he puts any sort of pressure when stepping on that foot. So I'm like, well, how is he supposed to run for routes? You know, it's it. So now I know why he was ineffective, you know. But yeah. Oh, man. The one take I have about that Chargers team, like you're saying, 04, 05, 06 period, that was probably Phillip Rivers' best chance to win a Super Bowl, but they kept running into the New England Patriots in the playoffs. I remember it was the 2006 year 
New England went into San Diego in the divisional round, and then 2000. I love that. Yeah, you you know the game I'm talking about that divisional round where it's oh the pa- like after the Patriots dynasty they weren't who like they were still good but they weren't great. Then they went into San Diego that year because that was the year that the Chargers. I believe that's the year LT was the had that amazing rushing season. Like he would like number one fantasy player. Number one, he just put up an insane year. But when they had Rivers, when they had Tomlinson, when they had Gates, when they had Vincent Jackson, that was their year to go to the Super Bowl. But like like you said, you love seeing that. I love seeing that. Rivers just has that crypto. Like how you're saying dealing with Brady, Philip Rivers dealt with Tom Brady on a lot of occasions. As for the Raiders. You're right about the overachieving. Plus, this year, too, moving to a new, uh, especially a new stadium, new city, new state is going to be a big a challenge. I still think not having to deal with Antonio Brown for you guys, especially after we learned about the circus shit show that went on, like the whole, all oh, the foot blister stuff, the helmet stuff, none of those distractions yeah. are going to happen. Also, too, as fun as Hard Knocks is, that's a distraction, too, where it's like, oh, there's cameras around, so we got to worry about how we act. The players can just go out there and be them. The only other thing I want to say about the Denver Broncos is I like – I part of me doesn't buy the hype on Jordan Love just because of his inconsistency. But I don't know why, too, they don't stick with Drew Locke unless John Elway secretly does not want a Bronco quarterback to go out there and break his records. But that's just me talking and being trying to be funny. But also, too, like you said earlier with the with the season, how you guys were 6-4, and four, then you had that rainy game. I remember that game you're talking about against the uh, Jets. Where was, I just looked at the score. It was 34-3. But, yeah, mm-hmm. like it was pouring rain in the in MetLife. But even, too, like you guys had some big wins there, like against the Colts. Like, I remember my survival pool. That gave a lot of people strikes, and I was even shocked when that happened. And then, too, you went across the pond to London and be, took care of the Bears. When the Bears, it was supposed to be opposite directions, where no one expected the Raiders to be good this year. And everyone has this high expectation for the Bears. Meanwhile, the Bears underachieved. You guys, at 7-9, and is an overachieving season. It wouldn't shock me this year if the Raiders were a 9-7 and team. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, uh, uh, last year we also had the hardest schedule, and that's the end of the league. I should mention that. Um, and, yeah, that game that you mentioned, the, the, the game against the Bears, that was a big mood changer for us because not only did we go overseas and it's kind of funny when you think about it because we can't win on the east coast so we can go overseas and win it's i don't know i don't get that part but anyways we went so we go overseas we win we go overseas and beat a team that had a guy that we used to have that just had so much like you know, when we traded Khalil Mack, we got ripped to shreds. A lot of people were like, what the hell are you guys doing? You finally have a Hall of Famer on your on the defensive side of the ball, and you do this. And, you know, then that's probably the nicest thing anyone said about us at the time. But um, we beat when we beat them, it was a, like, hey, we can win some games. And if we win some games, we get confidence, we get momentum. And then at that point, all bets are off. Like, we can go in there and challenge some of these teams and maybe we won't beat them, but we'll learn a lot about ourselves in the process and let us know what we actually have. For example, Max Crosby last year, who in my opinion should have won defensive rookie of the year over fucking uh, Bosa in San Francisco or Santa Clara, where the hell they play. Um, he is a stud. We just, we, he just came out of nowhere. And for, I, and I say that because, I'm the fan. I didn't do all the, the research and homework that Mike Mayock did for us because he found the guy. 
But this 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 is our guy. Like we found our, our guy who not only had better stats than Khalil Mack last year, but he's doing it on a rookie contract. So we got some time to lock him up. Uh, and you know, going back to that Bears game, our offensive line shut down Khalil Mack. Zero pressures. He didn't even lay a finger on Carr. Oh well, he did. But after the game, when they shook hands, because <laughs> the whole game, Mack did not lay a finger on Carr. Like that game did a lot for us. So that I. That was one of those games to, to really, like, I hope that when they start, you know, training for this season and looking back on next season, which I know a lot of teams hate doing that, but they should at least take the good out of last season. And that game was probably the highest point in the, in the season. Um, we had other games that were probably bigger, uh, better wins maybe. And, 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 and then you can make an argument that Colts win that you brought up was a better win. Um, but uh, for me, it was that one. That said a lot about the guys that we have on our on our roster. The only way the Colts win was a bad win is if you picked them in a survival pool. Like, you picked the Colts to win that game, and then they let you down. Like, our suicide pool. <laughs> That's the only that reason. That was early in the season, so yeah, I was week four. why a lot of people would have picked them. Um, also, too, like you said, with them having a rough schedule last year, they went, I believe it was, like, seven weeks without being at home. Because, like, London was a home game, but it's an air bracket, quote, home game. Like, I know you can see me, I can't see you. But this year, too, no big road games as far as I know of, because last I heard, uh, like, I doubt they'll be going to London again. Um, I believe the Cardinals are going to be the team hosting the game in Mexico City. Between And also, too, the one, the next question I want to ask you is, what do you think the biggest, uh, like, you know how you said you dwell on the strengths, not the weaknesses? What's one part, though, that you want the Raiders to see fixed in the offseason for next year? Uh, easily what the right receiver position, but I'm not stressing on it just because, you know, with two first round picks, seven picks apart. Um, I mean, <laughs> unless Mayock pulls something out of his ass and he trades for someone like Stefan Diggs or, uh, or out of nowhere trades for old L Beckham jr. Which I would love. Um, he has to draft the receiver. I think, uh, his recent comments about him saying that it's really risky to draft the receiver in the first round. I think that's, uh, him playing, that's him putting his poker face on because there's guys that are uh, climbing up the rankings and uh, are climbing up just uh, in pro right now with the um, the combine just concluding and whatnot. There's guys whose stocks are are just rising. I know Henry Ruggs all of a sudden is now a guy that, that we've got beat writers saying that the uh, the Eagles need to go trade to get up to that 11th spot ahead of the Raiders uh, to get Ruggs and. Before it was Judy and Lamb, and now we got Rugs. Um, I can't remember who it was that I saw had Rugs as, as the best receiver overall. And I was like, well, I don't, I don't know about that, but yeah. Um, the reason I bring all this up is because um, there's play, there's a plethora of receivers in this class. Now, if how much, how big he wants to, you know, swing. If he wants to swing for the fences, you know, you take Lamb, you take Judy. Uh, I don't know if I take rugs at 12, but if they did, I mean, it, it's hard for me to be mad because it's a clear need for us, but you got to take somebody like that at 12. Um, I know uh, I saw a, a mock draft. One of the many that are out there right now uh, had us taking, um, I think it was Kenneth Murray from Oklahoma linebacker at 12 and then ending up with rugs at 19. I wouldn't hate that, but I think, I mean, I know it's kind of uh, – it's really hard to really predict which guys are going to fall and whatnot. But in an ideal scenario, we take Judy at 12. We take Murray at 19. Um, I love Lamb, 
And I think if you had to just take the guy who's more gifted, you take you take Lamb. But I just think Judy fits our offense better. I know that may sound silly to some people out there, but I think Judy fits our offense better than Lamb. If we take Lamb, I will not be mad. Again, the guy's a stud, but I just think for us, the need, the guy who fits the need, who fits the system, is going to be Judy. That That's who I'm hoping he may have drafts at 12. Even to a Jerry Judy, like all any highlights you see of him, He's just explosive off the line. Oh, he's he can, incredible. He he's, can get open, and yeah, once he's on the ball, he's gone. Nature. Like, what, what were you saying? He, he's he's a freak of nature. He just he makes these catches. I'm just like, what the hell? Like, oh, my God. That, that video of him at the combine where he made the catch, I think it was a one-handed catch. Um, and then he, uh, as soon as he got done, like, getting off the field, uh, Judy was there to give him a high five. Because even Judy was like, yeah. Yeah, that was pretty dope. <laughs> you flew way up there to get that. Like, Lamb's just a freak, man. Whoever gets them, if not us, they they're getting a fucking stud in that guy. Exactly. That's the thing. Like, even though you're saying this year too, you have CD Lamb, you have Judy, you have Rugs, you've got Justin Jefferson out of LSU, you got T Higgins from Clemson. There's also the kid um, Shavert from Colorado, who's like like you said. The NFL Combine, unlike a lot of the other sports, is probably the most important for players because, look, the sample size in other sports, hockey, basketball, I don't even know if baseball does a Combine. It's just not as, like, for them, it's like, okay, go work out quickly. You're not going to do any drills. I I think basketball, I know hockey doesn't. But with the NFL Combine, it's, you know what, go out there, show us what you got. You interview with the team. So the teams right away are going to see, hey, we like this guy, we like this guy for our program. But also, too, with the NFL Draft, this is the most. This is the. I'm always excited for free agency. I'm always excited for the NFL draft. This year, though, it just has that feeling of like there's going to be a lot of special talents coming out of this year. But even back to your point too, like look, the New England Patriots did it last year where they got Nikhil Harry in the first round, and people were skeptical because oh he was hurt, he was banged up the entire year. So yeah, there's all that pressure with being a first round receiver. But this year, I think it's different. Where I'm not putting down Nikhil Harry. I think he's got a year. He's got talent. He's got the potential. It's just he's got to get healthy. Meanwhile, too. Yeah. I do not want to see the Philadelphia Eagles draft a wide receiver because I could care less about the Philadelphia Eagles winning. <laughs> sorry, not sorry, Bobby Gross and a couple of the people on Twitter I follow and know. But with the uh, Raiders, especially, too, if you can get there, too, because there's a lot of teams, especially there's a team you play twice a year where their secondary is not exactly their good point. That's the Chargers, which I know they got Derwin James, but besides him, they don't. That's the one. Uh, that was the one weakness of their defense. I know they've got an amazing line with Bosa and Ingram, and I forget who else. But then they just traded Russell Okun, so their offensive line is shit. But well, they did get a Pro, Bowl, a Pro Bowl guard in return, but. Yeah, they, the, the 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 problem with them, and it's been the case for years, is that they can't stay healthy. No. Uh, I mean, last year, uh, uh, Derwin James was out for a significant amount of time. And I think it was, what, the season before that, Hunter Henry got hurt before the season started. Like, yeah, he tore his they, ACL. They, yeah, like, they, they, they can never stay healthy. Like, when they're healthy on paper, I mean, what what they put out there on the field this year, a different story. I mean, i.e. the game against the Steelers on Sunday night. Um, oh, God, that was on paper, they're loaded. And... If they if they get a guy, I don't know if it's Teddy Bridgewater is going to be the guy they target. I don't know if they're going to maybe draft uh, Justin Herbert from Oregon. But if they get a quarterback in there that they feel that they can build around, they already have weapons. They re-sign Eckler. 
They have um, Mike Williams, who still needs to break out of his shell. He's uh, he did better last year than the year before. I mean, um, wait, wasn't he hurt the year before? No, I was, yeah, he was, huh? Yeah, he was. I think he was his rookie year. Yeah, well, I mean, last year though he did good. Uh, I think all things considered, he did he did good. Um, he still got Keenan Allen, um, Hunter Henry. I don't know. I, I know you want the Patriots to go after Hunter Henry, but <laughs> I would love to see Hunter Henry in a New England Patriots uniform. Either him or Austin Hooper, the two big free agent wide receivers, I would love to see in New England. But with the Chargers every year, I always have the same thing, too, where I was like, you know what? They had a great 2018 season, 2019, they're going to do good. They ran into a brick wall, and then out of nowhere, they, like, Anthony Lynn's a good coach, but when they extended him, I'm like, I wouldn't be so sure about that. Because, like, look, you're, I'm still, I would still say this, you could vouch this better than me. I still think that the Raiders are a hotter commodity, and there's more fans in Southern California who cheer for the Raiders than the Chargers. Oh yeah, easily. Uh, that's the reason the league didn't want. Um, what 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 happened was originally they, the 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 very very first initial idea was just bring the Rams to L.A. Just them, and then once they figured out that you know what we're gonna have to, we're gonna get a second team here, the Raiders were the shoe fit for for L.A. Like we've already played there, and it's like we never left. Like you go to Disneyland, you go to. Not to find any of the, the theme parks there. Just and I'm throwing those out there because it's you would not expect to see a lot of football gear there. But you go to those places. I've been in those places and you see nothing but Raider jerseys and and dads there. <laughs> like like they're they're so beloved in Southern California. It's it's insane. Um. So so then the league, you know, they wanted that second team and they figured, well, the Chargers have been trying to get out of San Diego for years. Uh. I think ever since the uh the city made it clear that they favor the Padres over the Chargers. Uh, when they gave them Petco, they teased them with this supposed stadium plan that they were going to build uh, in downtown San Diego next to the convention center, home of uh, Comic-Con. Uh, and that never came about. Like they, they put out that plan. They had a big presentation. They showed the what the stadium was going to look like with Coronado Island in the background. Like, oh, yeah, look at this. Glitz and glamour. This is going to be the stadium of California. Never happened. Never was never close. So... You know, once the Chargers saw the writing on the wall, they've been wanting to get out. The league recognized that, and they they basically said, hey, you guys want to come jump on board? Because we kind of need another team, and we might as well pick a team that's inferior to the Rams. So they picked the Chargers because they knew that if they picked the Raiders, California, Southern California fans are only going to support one team. They're not going to pick two teams to spend hard-earned money going to see them at SoFi Stadium with, uh, with what should be outrageous prices. So if they pick the Raiders, the Raiders could suck and people will still pay to go see them because it's the Raiders. But if they pick, like, let's say they had the Rams who were balling a couple years ago, they picked the Raiders who were not balling two years ago, it would look really embarrassing for the league and for the Rams if the Raiders had more uh, seats filled than the team that's getting ready to go to the Super Bowl. You know, it's that. So they did not want that. So they picked the Chargers and the. Uh, it's been a disaster. Uh, last year, there was rumors that they were trying to get out of L.A. back to San Diego, which was never going to be the case because they're, they're basically tied to that for now. Um, but, yeah, not only are the Raiders still beloved in Southern California, but the Chargers, they're not loved at all. Have you seen the what, the crowd that they play in front of? They play it's 16 road games a year. Fans. Yeah, it, it's 
you know, if the Patriots are in town, there's nothing but Patriots fans in the crowd. If the Steelers are in town, nothing but Steelers fans. It's sad. Like, um, I think who is it? I think it's the Galaxy that play in that stadium that they uh, that they play in. And the, the LA Wildcats. More, more, who is it? The LA Wildcats too, the XFL. But no, it is where the game yeah. is. Dignity, <laughs> Dignity Health Sports Park or something like that. They change their name like every other year. But no, it's where the LA Galaxy play because I'm pretty sure LAFC play closer to downtown Los Angeles. Because where yeah. that stadium's a little bit outside of LA, right? It's in I think what's the city called Carson. Yeah, or? that one. Yeah, that one, and that one's no Carson is where the the Chargers play, but yeah. uh, it used to be called Home Depot Stadium, I think it was. Okay. The LA Football Club plays in um, what's it called? Bank of America Stadium. That's a nice stadium. Yeah. But, yeah, but again, they fill it up, and I mean the, the <laughs> Major League Soccer is a lot more popular than it was a few years ago, but still. It's really embarrassing that a major league soccer team outdraws you, and you're a National Football League team. That, that's really sad. Even next year, actually, I want to pull this up quickly. I'm, I'm just going to pull it up quickly. What the um, let's get. I, I'm just going to Las Vegas's page quickly. I just want to see next year in SoFi Stadium the teams that are coming in. You <laughs> guess what? You've got the Patriots coming in. Like you're going to have more Patriot fans. Uh, the Jaguars. I, I don't know. Um, the Falcons, this is the Chargers schedule or the Chargers, Rams? Chargers. Char- oh, okay. Yeah, the Chargers, they also play the Jaguars at home, the Falcons and the Panthers, and then they play all three. Like, like when you guys go to SoFi Stadium next year, that's going to be black and silver. Oh, yeah. We, we got two – we got ten home games next season, next season. We got eight in Vegas, and we got two at SoFi because we play the Ramser as well. Oh. Yeah, it's it, – it's <laughs> – that's why whenever we play the Chargers on the road, I'm like, especially if it's like when we really need a win, you know, I'm just like, all right, cool. We got a, we got a home game coming up. That's, that, that should help us out. Because <laughs> even I remember last year, too, there was the, um, well, there was the game where the Chargers hosted the Packers, and then the Packers just got their asses kicked. But then also, too, that Sunday night game, as bad as it was, in that opening intro, you saw nothing but those yellow towels, those terrible towels, just just being swung around by people in black and yellow jerseys, like, that's just got to be embarrassing. Like, I understand, too. Yeah, like, San Diego's home. L.A.'s not there. The Chargers are always going to be second fiddle to the Rams. Like you said, it's just another, oh, hey, we need you to come along. It's like when you're looking for a roommate and you go on Craigslist. Like, no offense to the Chargers fans out there. Actually, <laughs> that's the one franchise I don't think I know a person who is a Chargers fan. Like, I even to remember I was at a Tim Hortons about a year a while ago, the coworker, and we saw a guy wearing Chargers gear. And I'm like, I think that's the first time I've ever seen anyone repping Chargers gear in Canada. Like, it's just one of those franchises that, like, a lot of people, I think, like them in the 2000s, like, because of LaDainia Tomlinson, but mm. now it's kind of, like, meh, more excited to see what's being hosted there next March in WrestleMania than uh, an L.A. Chargers game where you're probably still going to have... Oh, that's another subject for another day, but even to... Even with the new stadium, just the fact that, like, yeah, you're going to be in a new stadium and you're not going to have that many of your home fans in it. It's just got to be a feeling of, like, for the players even, too, like, oh, that just probably rips at you emotionally. Meanwhile, with the Rams game, Rams fans are going to be selling out that stadium. I don't know the exact attendance, but I know it's, like, 70-something thousand. Yeah, it's up there. It's 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 a lot. <laughs> yeah. I think it's around the same, and ours is supposedly uh, 72,000. So, yeah, it's, like, it's up there. Let's get a quick look here. Um, SoFi Stadium, uh, 
70,240 expendable to 100,240 for Super Bowls, WrestleMania events, FIFA World Cup, Summer Olympics, which are coming in about eight years from now, and other major events like the uh, Super Bowl, I believe, is in 2022. And then the college football national championship, I think, is 23 in L.A. Yeah, uh, well, well, I think the well, the first big one's gonna be Mania, though, right? I don't think they're hosting anything, or is it the Super? No, I, the, yeah, no, you just said twenty twenty two. Yeah, the, we'll see how they handle a, a big show because I mean, with new stadiums, that's a, that's the thing. They're flashy, they're nice, but a lot of things can go wrong. So we'll see how they handle it. But AT and T stadiums, ticket scanners. Well, who said that? Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> just wanted to say because you basically nailed like two and two together where. I also heard a rumor where, and this is going to sound bad, and we're going to go to wrestling for a bit. Why? Because this is called the YWC Football Talk Podcast. That WrestleMania is kind of the, let's see what like what we can do here for, like or what we do for WrestleMania, how do we improve on it for the Super Bowl, which for people like me, who are probably going to be going to WrestleMania, and people like Miguel, who I assume, I, I don't know if you'll be in SoFi Stadium next yeah. March, but more than likely, considering it's your home. But the fact that it sounds like that, and also, too, with the L.A. traffic, those are things that, honestly, already worry the hell out of me. And we're still 365-plus days away from WrestleMania 37. But I just want to ask you quickly, with, like, Levi Stadium, it didn't seem like there's any of those issues. So if SoFi plays their cards right, they want to probably make fans leaving it as, hey, a memorable experience, as opposed to, we don't ever want to come back to the stadium, like how a lot of us feel about AT&T. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I would, I would hope that that's that's what they want to do is leave a, a good impression on on the fans that, that leave that stadium that night after Mania takes place. The thing that concerns me though is what you were just mentioning right now is that that that's that's what's been put out there is that the uh, the city of Inglewood, you know, where the stadium's at, they basically force WWE's hand and say, well, if if you want Mania here, it's twenty twenty one or I don't know when when it'll be, but we. That's that's the year we want you guys, and you know, um, I don't know if I, I'm hoping they approach it like like it's like it's the Super Bowl, you know, just be super cautious, be be, be basically just be on your game, you know, don't treat it like well, it's just eh, it's just wrestling, you know, we can kind of half-ass it, know what know what our flaws are, blah, I'm like no, I'm I'm hoping we don't get that kind of treatment, but. Uh, I don't know, man. It can't be any worse than Dallas. I mean, the only way it can be worse is if uh, we miss a chunk of the show because at least we got in before the show started. Yeah, and also to the stadium, I'm, I feel like compared to other ones where it was like in Orlando, for example, where I was in the sweltering heat waiting to get inside. I know California, or at least I've looked it up, it's not as hot. Like, what's the weather there like right now? Uh, Mid, high 70s. Which is honestly fine. Like, it's... You know what? You can wear shorts and a t-shirt. You may be able to get away with jeans. I would, I'd, I'd assume, but you're not going to be like dying of like if the heat's not going to be like exhausting. I feel like it's going to be like more like you know what? It's it's a nice heat, right? Yeah, it's not it's not strong at all, and and I'm just judging by looking out the window. But let me see if I can look it up. Yeah. It's all good if you don't right know what. now. Oh wow, it's way off. It's 66 right now. <laughs> I don't know what that is in Celsius, but... <laughs> 66. Let me do some quick conversions, just because, obviously, the viewership does um, eyes... No, I was going to say eyes. No one sees this. Only Miguel and I do because we're on Skype. But uh, let me just... I'll look this up quickly. Six. 
66 Fahrenheit is about 18, which honestly, I'd be wearing shorts. <laughs> See? Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's what the weather was like when I was in Las Vegas in December of 2018. So, even too, like, say for an example, if Mania ever goes there, because which I saw it when I saw that stadium, the steel was going up, and even then I could tell it was huge. But both these stadiums, I just feel like it's this big game of, like, one-upsmanship where it's like, okay, Levi Stadium came in, and you can test this for me, but it seems like a world-class facility. Now SoFi is going to come in, and they're going to raise it up with that big Oculus scoreboard. And now you have this big black stadium, too. And also, too, with the Vegas Stadium, I know it's right off the Strip where they have a bridge connecting the stadium to Mandalay Bay. So even with that case, too, traffic won't be so bad, but we'll cross that bridge whenever we get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but anyway, guys, um, I think a short podcast, uh, what else was I going to say? The only other thing quickly I wanted to add on to with the Chargers is if they decide to move up and go for two, I think that'll be a huge gamble, but I don't think they'll get him. But I could see Herbert or Bridgewater being their quarterback, even though I assume you could care less about what the Chargers do. Uh, well, no, I do got to care because after all, we're going to play them, you know, we play them twice every year, but. The only reason I'm just kind of like not really concerned is because this is such a big draft for us that um, it it kind of like makes me preoccupied already. Like there's other years where, you know, we our usual top 10 pick or, you know, we got one pick in the first round and, and we still are presumably pieces and tons of pieces away from even doing anything. But because I feel like we're knocking on the door to being – an actual respectable team, and we got two picks in the first round. I feel like I'm just like I'm so tied up in my team that I haven't really had time to really uh, be concerned with the other team. But I'm glad you brought up two of because I thought we we're gonna go the whole podcast without talking about them. It's it's um it's so crazy how a guy's medical condition could just alter the whole first round, man. If he were to go like for example, if he, I know I don't think this will happen, but it's because it's been talked about a lot on TV. If you were to go to Washington, holy crap, all of a sudden Chase Young drops to number three. You got teams that are trying to trade with the Lions, but the Lions don't want to drop too far down because they may want to take Herbert. Like it is, it's insane how this this one thing is going to just alter the whole draft. If he falls to the Dolphins at five, <coughs> and then, you know, you still got Herbert. You still got, like, oh, my God. like It's, it's going to be insane. But, yeah, I think it all starts with Tua. If Burrow wasn't the guy that he is coming out of college. Um, and it was actually debatable whether or not, you know, the Bengals were going to take Burrow or Tua. Like if Tua was healthy, then it would be, that's the only way it could get crazier. Like if it comes out well before the draft, hey, Tua's 100%. He won't have any concerns, no, you know, serious damage, blah, blah, blah. And if the Bengals start reconsidering, then oh my God. Like it's, that I remember, this reminds me of the, what was it, the 06 draft when Reggie Bush, Matt Leiner, Vince Young all came out of college, and it was just the Texans ended up signing uh, Mario Williams the day before the draft, which was unheard of. So they already know, like everyone knows, it's not speculation. He signed with the Texans. Like he's with the Texans now. He, that means Reggie Bush is there at number two. And then it, the, the Saints were just having the ball, taking all those calls from – from the league and ultimately ended up picking them, but it was just, it was pure madness, you know, and of course I was upset when, you know, when Matt Liner dropped to us and we took Michael Huff instead, but, you know, it is what it is. But, yeah, like, if, if uh, Tua can have that same impact that close to the draft like Reggie Bush did, 
oh man, we're we're in for a really entertaining few days uh, leading up to the draft in Vegas, and and uh, yeah, I mean the, the the Chargers are there at six. I know you because you mentioned that I wasn't really concerned with the Chargers. Uh, I'm more concerned, if anything, what the Chiefs are going to do because are they just going to keep piling on like, stars on their team? I mean, I know they they got a. I, earlier you mentioned something that I forgot to address. The guys that they have on offense, I don't really think they're that that much of a threat to. Like they have to re-sign Sammy Watkins. I don't think so. Do they have to re-sign Conley? I don't think so either. I think those are guys that are thriving in the system uh, that they're in, thriving in the, the quarterback that's throwing in the ball. Um, I think they're easily replaceable, which which is why it does scare me that they that some uh, like. I don't know who I can mention. Um, you, uh, for, you mentioned his name. Not, not one of the three receivers that we usually... You mentioned the other guy's name. What was his name? It was Ruggs, Judy, Lamb, and then there's a fourth guy you mentioned. Was oh, it Jefferson? Um, the other two, yeah. Justin Jefferson out of LSU and Higgins out of there. And what I meant by the whole Sammy Watkins thing, that's where I was saying to like, hey, if you can keep him, it's one of those things. It's fine and dandy. But if you lose him, then that's when the Chiefs are... They're going to be making calls. But I'll, that's why mainly the thing I was saying, too, with Mahomes of the money thing is more or less not so much about those receivers who are interchangeable, but you got a guy that wears number 87 who, let's be honest, you got to keep on your team. Yeah, yeah, no yeah, no doubt. And and uh, the reason I brought up Jefferson is just because, like, what if, you know, they get a guy like that, and all of a sudden you got a guy that, that played well in college, but because now he has Patrick Mahomes – like, oh my God, is that going to be another guy that we're really going to have to worry about? Just like, uh, like Tyreek Hill. So I think that's the team that finished and that's more concerning to me. Um, and then, you know, just throughout the NFC, throughout the AFC, um, I'm curious of what you guys are going to do because if you guys, if Bob Brady does leave, do you guys go after Andy Dolan? Do you guys bring in a, a Marcus Mariota, or do you guys drop some money and get Teddy Bridgewater? Like it. it it's going to be really entertaining for fans from the outside looking in to see, okay, is it really Belichick? Is it really Brady that's making all this work? Or is it maybe a little bit of both, which I personally think is the case. Um, so, or I know Matt Stafford's name, uh, Matthew Stafford was brought up uh, in trade rumors because of the debt cap hit that the Lions would take if they trade him. I don't think it's possible, but if you guys pull that off, like, I mean, like, <laughs> you guys are right back up there because – you put him in there with under Belichick, you draft the receiver, or actually you probably would have to include your first rounder. But if you get anybody, I mean, you guys still have Harry, you know, there's uh, Sanu. I think that would work with Stafford. Like, that, there's so much that can happen with that. Then AFC North, um, the Browns, I think, would probably be the team that I, I'm curious to see because last year was a huge disappointment for that team. The team that they had on paper should, at the very least, make the playoffs. Despite their history, because I know that's everyone's scapegoat with them. They've been bad for this many years. Okay, but that doesn't that's not to say that this year they can end all that. Last year should have been the year where they ended all that, and they didn't. So I'm really curious to see what they do there. I know the Bengals already uh, said they're going to keep AJ Green, which I hate them for because I was hoping we would bring him in. Um, the AFC South, I mean, I don't know. Do the Titans get Brady? Do the Colts get Brady? I think... Where, where, whatever happens with, with those two teams, and if one of them gets Brady, I think that's going to be ultimately what predicts the rest of the AFC South as far as uh, the, the uh, shift in balance. Because 
let's just say the Titans get Tom Brady. Are you picking the Titans to win the AFC South over the, the Texans? I think a lot of people would. The one thing I want to say quickly, and I have harped the Texans on this for a while, is that their secondary sucks. Um, they cannot stay healthy, and their offensive line. Like, Deshaun Watson's a great quarterback, but the reason you see him scrambling so much is because their offensive line is up there with the worst of the worst in the NFL, in my opinion. You don't have Tuntle resign. They don't have a first round. They don't even have a pick until, I think, number 75 or 80 in the draft. Um, I think Rivers, personally, is going to the Colts. I don't think Brady is going to the Colts. But also would shock me, too, if the Colts tried to move up and make a play for Justin Herbert. Because, for the Colts? Yeah, the Colts. It would not shock me if the um, they tried to make a play for Herbert. Um, the Jaguars are a huge question mark considering they're just offloading their entire... Like I saw a photo recently where it was that stellar defense they had two years ago that ever since that AFC Championship loss to the Patriots, they just fell off a cliff. Like, now, oh, they don't want to have Nick Foles anymore. They want to stick with Gardner Minshew. Um, the Titans, who knows what they're going to be? Can they repeat the success of last year? Um, I think the Colts in that division are the team that are the most ready to at least put their name in that Super Bowl thing if they can get a quarterback who can just light it up. Because obviously, from what it sounds like, Andrew Luck loves retirement. He just became a new father. He's enjoying that. He's been traveling with his wife. But if the Colts can get like a Phillip Rivers, a Tom Brady, or like not if they get Herbert, it'll be a couple years. But if they can get Rivers, what's stopping them from saying we could potentially be seeing Colts, Chiefs, AFC, not, yeah, Colts, Chiefs, um, I almost thought blanked out for a second because whenever you think of Rivers, you automatically think of the Chargers. You could see them potentially in the AFC Championship game. Um, the North is, like you said, another big question marks is how is Big Ben going to be healthy this year? Um, my big concern with Lamar Jackson is can you win in January? Because so far he's gone in those two games in January, he's cracked under pressure against the Colts. Not the Colts. Eh, I'm getting my teams mixed up. Against the Chargers and against the Titans. Um, the Bengals obviously are a work in progress, and the Cleveland Browns too. I called it from jump last year. I didn't think they were going to suck, but I did not see this whole hype train of they're going to win this many games. They could potentially go to the Super Bowl. No. And also, too, the big thing with the Browns right now is the Miles Garrett suspension because he's probably going to be out at least until the middle of October. What an idiot. Yeah, I know. That's just as soon as I saw that, I'm like, that's your best player. Even though you got Odell, even though you got Baker, even though you got Landry, you got Nick Chubb, you got Kareem Hunt, Miles Garrett is the backbone of that defense, and he is the best player on that team. So for him just to throw it all away because he got pissed off and had to swing and, like, when it, even though there are those rumors, which I hope aren't true about him, about Mason Rudolph saying uh, those racial, uh, the uh, N-word, you just there's just certain lines you don't cross. Like God forbid you crack his skull open and like potentially ended his career, his life even. Like it could go off the field. Um, the other thing I wanted to say too, like you were saying too, with the uh, Patriots, Matt Stafford or Teddy Bridgewater are my top two for if Brady leaves. Or the third option is we write off 2020 and we tank for and we get Trevor Lawrence in 2021. And that happens, like, oh god, man. Oh, I know. Everyone, I want, I'll be salivating and smiling like a complete. Patriot. I will be smiling at everyone like a complete jackass and enjoy every second of it. But all you, everyone's going to be there just like, like why I'm angrier than when Miz won the WWE title in 2010. Um, but the one team though, I do see, and they are a receipt. And it's, this pains me to say this. This absolutely pains me to say this. 
But if the Buffalo Bills draft a good wide receiver like a T. Higgins or a Justin Jefferson, it could potentially come down to Week 17 with the Patriots and the Bills for the division if if Brady gets the weapons he wants and he can be as good as he can be. Like, the Buffalo Bills aren't a joke to write off anymore. Like, the Buffalo Bills are a legitimate team in the NFL. It's just, they gotta still go through those growing pains, but who, who's to say that they're not crashing tables in the middle of January? They're, they don't even have to draft one. They could sign Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah, that's the thing, too. Could, um, you know, there, there's there's guys in the, in, in the AFC, in the um, free agency pool that they can get, and, I mean, they don't have to break the bank. I mean, there's guys like Randall Cobb, you know, that they could also get, uh, I don't know about Aguilar, but... Um, I don't think they would yeah, want I mean, Aguilar. DeMarcus, I know DeMarcus Robinson is going to be uh, heavily pursued by the by the Eagles, is what's being put out there. But, yeah, there's some names that they can plug in there. I Alshon mean, Jeffrey? If, yeah, Alshon Jeffrey. Well, I, I don't think he's a free agent, though. Not I think the Eagles are letting him walk. Him. I heard, uh, the last I heard, they're letting him test free agency. Oh, no way. Yeah. I, I don't see that. No way. Yeah. Just letting them walk. I don't. Oh man. I I gotta Google this because the last I saw, like, I know they're letting. I think it was Jason Peters or Vinnie Curry, but um. Yeah, Peters is uh, hitting the free agency. Like the first, like the first two articles I see from the Athletic, could the, could Alshon Jeffrey be a part of the? It says to the Jets receiving needs, um, potential trade packages, landing spots for Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, Eagles are looking to move Alshon Jeffrey. Uh. Exploring Alshon Jeffrey's potential split with the Eagles. Like, if they let him go, like, honestly, I don't know what the Philadelphia Eagles are doing. Like, because, <coughs> sorry. Well, he has been hurt. I know yeah. the, any, any, any Eagles fans that may be listening to this, they, they'll tell you. Like, the guy's body has been his biggest enemy. Last season, his, like... You know, they say that a, a, a receiver's best ability is availability, and that was not there with them last yeah. season. Um, especially when poor freaking Wentz, he needed some help yeah. at, rec- at the receiver position. Why they never went out and tried to sign Michael Crabtree, I don't know. But then again, the rest of the league has basically given up on Crabtree. But that's a different story. But yeah, like that season, I think really just made, made Eagles fans say, you know what? You were you were good for us, but no, nah, dude. We're I think we're done with you now. And yeah. and not it's not to say that he can't be effective somewhere else. Like I know you'd welcome him on the Patriots. I would welcome him on the Raiders. But I can see why Eagles fans are at that point where they're just like, yeah, we need to dump the guy because you know it, it is what it is. I mean, the guy like remember we were saying earlier about Mariota. I think he just needs to change the scenery. Yeah, and to stay healthy. <laughs> Also, too, that's like how I was saying earlier why I want Austin Hooper in a New England Patriots uniform is because the Atlanta, I honestly, when I look at the Atlanta Falcons, I'm still under the belief they have not been the same team since they had that collapse in the Super Bowl. But, like, look, you've got all this world-class talent and you can't do anything with it, but, like, the fact is to let a, a highly skilled tight end, Austin Hooper, walk to a contending team, like, that says a lot about your um, what you're doing down there in Georgia. But... The other thing I want to point out too quickly with the um, Pittsburgh too is also health. Um, like like for example, Juju and Connor being hurt. If Wentz can stay healthy, and the other thing too with Philly is, is it's the defense. Like they're good, but they let up some. They're big a good team. I know yeah. they get a lot of crap. I know because uh, I see some people that we follow on Twitter, and they they mention the Eagles and how you know they uh, 
they have a guy that's injury prone and this and that. But I think they're a good football team. They're a really good football team. They just, I don't know, they underperform. Um, that that division though, <laughs> total joke, man. At the same time, like, is <laughs> I don't know if it's as bad as the AFC West when the uh, Seahawks won it uh, with a seven and nine record. I think like in two thousand. 2010, I think it was. Which was the but, Marshawn Lynch game. I mean, yeah, yeah. When they, they eliminated the, the, Saints. the Saints in the wild card round. But, yeah, that division is just god-awful. But, I mean, there's three teams that I'd rather see win than the Cowboys. So, you know, as long as the Cowboys don't win, then I'm, then I'm, I'm okay with it. And at least each team seems to have a guy that you, you I don't know, maybe want to – keep track of or I don't know Washington has that right now for me it personally is Haskins and I I think that they've done everything in their power to not help him than to help him so that that's the guy that I pay attention to Washington and of course the Giants they got that beast of Barkley then you got the the the, the Giants or I'm sorry the, the Eagles I have Lance so there's there's a little bit of interest for me everywhere but as long as those three teams have a common goal to beat the Cowboys yeah, because even two of the Dallas Cowboys, part of me hopes to God they overpay Dak Prescott's or And also, too, going back to your Buffalo Bills point, um, and this is a they have a player, Amari uh, Cooper, another example. Like, well, I was going to say Judy so well. Like, look at the. <laughs> like, look, if you overpay Dak Prescott, you are not. Like, even to. Or if he holds out, why would Amari want to stay? Like, I know he said that thing earlier. Oh, I want to be a Cowboy for life. That's because you're on the team you want and you want to get the money. But if, say, for example, like I was thinking with Amari Cooper, potential landing spots would be the New England Patriots, the Buffalo Bills, or the New Orleans Saints. Because, like, I, if you think of like, – that's the one thing, too, I also think with the, the Saints need is um, they need another receiver, kind of like how the Green Bay Packers need someone to complement Devontae Adams. Because when Devontae Adams got taken away, let's be honest, the Packers really kind of shut down offensively. But also, too, they need a few other things. But with the Saints – you get Amari Cooper on there, or even if you get Amari Cooper in Buffalo, that makes those teams very scary. Like Amari Cooper is a very, very good player in this league. The thing I would dispute with that is that you're still not going to have your go-to number one receiver. And what I mean by that is on third and one or fourth and one at the end of the game, when you need a very crucial catch, I don't see Amari Cooper being that guy. He drops way too many passes. Every year, he's been top five, at least, in drop passes. He's he's horrible when it comes to consistency. When he catches the ball, when he's good, he can be really good. I'm not here to just shit on the guy. It's not like the guy's a scrub. He can play. Don't get me wrong. But if you're Buffalo and you need that security blanket for Josh Allen, I don't think he's the guy. If you're in, in New England and you're going to have another guy besides Tom Brady throwing some of the ball, you want consistency he's not the guy like there's there's teams i think he can play besides dallas that would be okay but no like i i I would not make him my number one receiver with the intention of hey the first guy i'm gonna look at is him on a fourth and one like that and that's coming from having him on our team a couple years i know that you know uh he he basically he gave up on us and i'm not uh, holding that against him when i just say uh, in my unbiased opinion, that he is a really good receiver. Can be great, but he's not consistent. And for me personally, I love my receivers to be consistent. That's why Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas, that's why they're in a league of their own. And not because they rack up touchdowns and yards, 
but because they consistently deliver. Anytime their 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 uh, respective quarterbacks uh, get the ball, and you know after the 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 center snaps the ball, I'm looking at those receivers because those are the receivers that I think are worth you know looking for as as a first option. Amari Cooper, again, very good receiver. He's not one of them. That's why I would not overpay for him because when you overpay a guy, you're basically saying we're going to overcompensate and just you know overpay a guy in this position, but because he's that good, potentially freeing up some other guys on our team will not be as big a sacrifice because it'll be worth it if we can you know put up some points. I don't see him being that guy. That's why I said the New Orleans Saints um, as a potential landing spot for Cooper because he can go in there and it's like the same thing. Hey, I'm not the number one option. Obviously, like you said, Michael Thomas, number 13, rarely drops passes. But if anything, Cooper can be used as like in a decoy stance there where it's, look, make it seem like we're going to him even though Michael Thomas still. Because like if I was drafting fantasy right now, I have McCaffrey one. And then Amari Cooper, uh, not, not Amari Cooper, number two. Michael Thomas at number two. If I'm that drafting fantasy right now, that's why. Well, and that's the only thing I want to say about Cooper. The Saints, have, the, Saints. the Saints don't have the money though. That's the thing. The Saints, you know, and they're going to try and get Hill. They're going to try and bring him, bring him back. And if you're the Saints, are you going to pay a lot? Like let's just, uh, they don't have the money, but let's just say they did. Yeah. To bring in Cooper, are you going to bring him in to be a decoy for that money? No, you got to bring him in to be potentially one one A. Even though I would not bring him in to be a one uh, receive a receiver one. That's if you're a team, if you're going to spend that much money, then he better be your first option. Even though he shouldn't be, in my opinion, but yeah, and in New Orleans, he wouldn't be that with Michael Thomas already there. Yeah, but like with the Saints too, I know with Taysom Hill, they did put the first round tender on him, so meaning that if he does go somewhere else, they're going to get a first round pick back. But I think chances are Teddy is gone and Taysom is the backup in New Orleans. But with the um, like, I'm trying to think here. that's why I was thinking Buffalo or New England for Cooper because if he doesn't stay in Dallas, just because you want someone for that number one option. But then again, too, there's a bit of skepticism that comes with that. Meanwhile, and also too with New Orleans. They don't have the money, but then also, too, they got a running back who likes airheads that they got to pay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like Alvin Kamara, even though him, too, has injuries this year, and that was, uh, like, he kind of made me upset this year just because he was hurt for all that time, and it kind of killed me in my fantasy leagues. But, too, like, that's the other thing with fantasy football where it's just, you know what? You got to roll the punches sometimes. But, um, oh, what Though there's a lot of other points I can make just because, like, we basically covered them all. But, uh, anyway, I think we'll think that think that's it for today. But, anyway, thank you very much for coming on, Miguel. I'll have to have you on again sometime soon. Do you have a fun time here today on the YWC podcast, episode number 10, I should know, where we have made it to 10? Sure did. Thank you for having me. Uh, we'll have to do this again after we see some uh, some action and free agency take place. No problem. I want to get a podcast together with a bunch of guys from the YWC, a bunch of our close friends, just to talk football, just to talk about all these big – because this free agency period is going to be pure chaos. We are one week away from there. Um, I will be back later in the week as Phil is back on the show with me. We're probably going to get that out sometime later, later this week. <laughs> Phil? Yep. Phil and I are back because we either have to prepare our Tom Brady eulogies or do yes, the... Yes, that's, that's why I was laughing because I knew that the, that's what he was going to be on to talk about Tom Brady. We will be on to talk about Brady. We'll be on to talk about some other stuff too, but 
Paul, whenever him and I get on, it's one of those things. Like you know how you said I was surprised we haven't talked about Tua. Well, with us, yeah. it's going to be we'll talk about we'll mainly talk about Brady, but we'll also talk about some other free agency stuff. Oh, but anyway, guys, that's going to do it for today. Um, and I'll see you guys episode number eleven. Which, like what I said, this is ten. Eleven should be out later um, this week, probably by March the fourteenth. But anyway, guys, thank you very much for listening. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.